0: To begin with, of course, last week we saw the Federal, Provincial and Territorial Agriculture Ministers' meeting taking place, and we saw some movement on agri-stability changes. Your thoughts on how it all played out? Well, I'm very happy. It's not everything that, uh,
1: you know, went forward, but it's still a significant part. Removing the reference margin limit on the agri-stability program makes it very much uh, easier to understand. Therefore, it becomes more bankable for the farmers. It becomes more fair as well uh, when you compare one one sector to another and more generous for the farmers who need it most. And it represents an uh, increase in this program of $95 million per year. So it's very uh, significant, and I think it's really worth celebrating it. I was hoping that we could move a bit further with the increase of the compensation rate, uh, which would have been uh, another $75 million when we put the federal and the provincial contribution together. Unfortunately, we did not uh, get the support of the Prairie Provinces to, for them to, to step up and contribute their share. So we were not able to make it happen. But still, I think we have to be happy with with a big step uh, that uh, we, we, we made uh, last week.
0: Now, I understand that there was calls for Ottawa to leave your 60% of the increase on the table for provinces that can top it up with their 40% if they want to.
1: Yes, this is a request that has been made, but um, agriculture is a shared responsibility. The business just management programs uh, are... Uh, designed and, and, you know, we are following an agreement that we have all signed. Uh, and the, the rule is if we want to make a change, uh, we have to contribute the federal 60%, the provinces 40%, and we have to reach a consensus of, uh, at least two thirds of the, the provinces in terms of participation as well. Um, and we got it to remove the reference margin limit, but not for the compensation rate.
0: Something that we've seen happening in the news over the last week, of course, is the blockade in the Suez Canal with the Ever Given. They've been able to get it uh, afloat. Talk to us a little bit about the impact, given that it is a major trading route.
1: It is a major uh, trading corridor, of course. If it was to last uh, longer, uh, we. Most probably will have felt uh, the impact in a more significant way. So it was, what, six days it lasted. And, um, and, uh, well, I'm just, I'm just glad to see this big, huge, uh, uh, ship, uh, you know, floating right now and getting out of the canal. So the, the rest of the, uh, the, the trade, uh, w- will be able to start over. Um, but uh, yeah, trade corridor in general is is a big big issue for the agricultural sector. Uh, when we think about you know the, the port in Vancouver or in Montreal, for example, or the rail when there's a rail dis- disruption in Canada, you, we we uh, the, the ag sector feel the, the pain really really quickly.
0: Now you reference the port of Montreal, and there's a lot of concern especially in the agriculture sector, over a potential longshoreman strike at the Port of Montreal. And they're calling on Ottawa to intervene in this situation. Is that something that you see happening? Well,
1: we are following it very closely because we know it could have a major impact on on the ag sector, but also on the economy as a whole. Uh, we have brought to the table three mediators, so we are really um, doing everything we can to bring the two parties together and push them to uh, to find a, a negotiated agreement. Um, and Minister Tassi, uh is uh, is following it, uh, I would say, days and nights. <laughs> this this is something that we do worry, and we are putting all the resources we can uh, in support of them reaching an agreement.
0: Now, of course, it it seems you can't talk to anybody without without talking about COVID and the impact that that has had. And, of course, uh, here we are, the end of March, beginning of April, and uh, we're going to start seeing and are starting to see some temporary foreign workers coming in talk to us a, a little bit about the situation for them this year. Well, um we could see that the the farmers have
1: planned to bring their foreign workers earlier this year. So they could uh, do their 14-day isolation before uh, the date where they when they want them to to start working really. Um so what we have added in terms of sanitary measures, actually, the same as any other travelers. Uh, they have to do this uh, pre-boarding test before they leave their country and, and show a neg- negative result. Obviously, then when they arrive in the airport uh, in Canada, they have to go through a second test. And if they can uh, drive directly, uh, or you know, take a, a private uh transportation to their to the farm or to the place that they where they are supposed to do their 14-day isolation they can proceed directly they don't have to stay in a hotel however if they have to take a second flight but a commercial one then they would have to wait for the result of their test uh, at the airport or an hotel near the airport uh, where they have first landed so we estimate that 95% of the foreign workers will be able to travel to, to take their second test upon arrival and move directly to their uh, to the farm and do their 14-day isolation as they did last year. And they also have to take a, a third test on day 10 or so to make
0: sure that they have a third negative test before they start working. That's Federal Agriculture Minister Marie-Claude Pobot. For Golden West, I'm Glendalee Allen-Vosler. That's it for the Prairie Ag Wire for today. If you have any questions or opinions to share, send them to us by email to thefarmdesk at goldenwest.ca. On behalf of Glendalee Allen-Vosler, I'm Candace Dirksen, and thanks for listening. Have a good afternoon. The Prairie Ag Wire will return Wednesday on the Golden West Farm Network.